Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like great banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hello! Guys, congrats on not killing yourself another week. That's amazing. How are you? I hope well. Welcome to uh, The Voices in Our Heads. I'm your host, Christina Marie Hutchinson. And I first off wanted to say thank you so much to everybody who watched my short film, Dwell. If you haven't yet, there's a link to watch it in the description of this week's episode. Because like, I really want you to see it. I'm very proud of it. And it's cool to get all of these uh, messages from people talking about how it resonated with them or that they it made them cry. I didn't realize that it's very flattering when somebody cries over your work when when you mean you know I I wasn't like I'm gonna make this to make people cry that's not why I made it I just I made it because I had a feeling in myself that I wanted to express and but when people also get emotional from your work it's nice it's a good feeling it's a good feeling like most of my life when I made other people cry I felt like really bad about it for like a month or two but now I'm like good for you Christina um, yeah, I really appreciate you guys watching it. And that's all I'm going to say. But uh, if also, oh, one more thing, probably a bunch more things. But uh, you can also leave a comment on the Vimeo page, which is that's the link that's in this description. Apparently, I don't know much about the film industry. This is all new to me. I it, making a movie is something very new. Obviously, it was like low budget, but not I mean, I paid for it. Um, but a lot of people uh, gave us either discounted rates or worked for free, which was so oh, appreciated appreciated because I think the film turned out really well. Um, but apparently, like if you make comments on Vimeo on a video, it puts eyes on it. I submitted it for um, a, a Vimeo staff pick, which another thing I learned, apparently that's like a really big deal to get a Vimeo staff pick for your short film. And that's how people can get uh, a budget and a deal to make a feature or a TV show or I don't know where this is going to go. But yeah, it's really cool. And it's funny because... Oh, this week's agreement, the agreement that we're covering, don't take anything personally. That's my biggest challenge. And and it, it's been, all the amazing feedback has been, it's, it was so emotional and moving to, to read. And But there, there was only like two people that were like, I don't get it. Why is everyone freaking out? Which, you know, look, if every single person loves what you did, it might be a little too generic. You know what I mean? Not that I set out to make things that certain people hate because I don't want that. But, you know, it's not going to speak to every single person, but there was one person who commented on, I think it was Corinne's Instagram post that was like, I just don't get why everyone's so freaking out over this. Wow, boo-hoo, you broke up with somebody, okay? I'm like, <laughs> this made me laugh. Um, and I didn't take it personally. Good job, Christina. Thank y'all. But I also submitted it for short of the week. These are things the director... Allie, our amazing director, um, knows more about short films than I do. And she was like, you submit it for short of the week. I'm like, okay, cool. And I submitted it and I did opt for feedback. You could pay like extra money to have them critique the film. And uh, they didn't accept it for short of the week. And part of me was like, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. It's fine. But I, your girl loves an award. Oh my God. If you give me an award for anything, I'll never forget it. I'll be on my deathbed going, wait, can I just list off all the awards I won so I could tell myself I did a good job at life. But um, the short of the week, people did send me feedback. And um, 
Oh, let me see. Let me, the, the negative feedback. It was good because I was like, oh, this is a really good exercise and not taking anything personal, like specifically the negative feedback. And also as an artist, as a creative of any kind, the negative feedback is what is the most helpful. You know, it's it's kind of I feel like a lot of people are either scared to give negative negative feedback or they just hate themselves and they give you negative feedback for no reason. Um, but to have critical thinking negative feedback from somebody who knows short films was, it was very helpful. And I was just curious. And, you know, by the way, if you did see the film, I wasn't like, I'm going to make something that is so unique that no one's ever said. No, that's not at all what I what my goal was. My goal was not to blow everyone away with this unique concept because not understanding how to deal with a breakup is the least unique concept you can come up with. Um, but they, this, the person from Short of the Week was like, ultimately, the film lacks motor, a driving sense of engagement to really grab us as viewers, which I'm like, okay, breakups are well-tread material and we're not sure this film is really adding much to that somewhat conventional narrative. And it goes on to like dive deeper into that. But I was like, you know what? Yeah. But at the same time, motherfucker, I wasn't setting out to be like, no one's ever said this. And then I was like, Christina, don't take this personally. First of all, not only did you ask for this feedback, you paid money for this feedback. But it was cool to get. It was cool to get because I'm not I'm not like a film. Bah! You know, with film, I have movies that I love. Movies have always meant a lot to me since I was a kid, but I'm not a snob about it. I'm a snob about very few things. Cars and comedy is what I'm a snob. Two things that I'm snobs about. And Kevin. But other than that, like film is just not my, I want to be in movies. That's the other thing. I, I want, I, I've dreamt of being in movies my entire life. And when Guys We Fuck started to hit, I was like, oh, I'm going to be in like movies now. Like, and that didn't happen. So I was like, I'm going to make my own fucking movie. And I did. And I'm really proud of it. So dream your dreams, guys, and take them seriously and work hard every day. Do like one little thing every day to that is a step towards accomplishing what you want to accomplish. You know, we can do it. Life is really hard. I don't know if you guys know that yet, but if you don't, spoiler alert. It's so funny. I'm doing an impression of a fucking Nick Kroll's character in what's that fucking cartoon show? Oh my God. I can't remember anything right now. My mind is so everywhere and that's because I haven't eaten lunch yet and it's 6.04 PM. Oopsies. I took Kevin to Long Island city Oh my God, they have the most beautiful walking paths with fucking grass and flowers. And he loved it. He loved it so much better than the dirty roads of Murray Hill. <laughs> Kevin snobbed me about the services he walks on. But that's okay, because he's a dog and he doesn't know any better. Oh, Corona, you know, I hope you guys are doing okay. And I hope your family and you are all healthy. And if you're not, I'm so sorry. Um, sending out good vibes i don't know if that does anything but if it does cool that's all we can do in this time and then staying uh, you know indoors unless it's to go take your dog out for a walk or to go for a run or whatever because my plan was i'm like okay i'm gonna take the ferry to long island city if there's a lot of people on the ferry i'm not gonna go on the ferry and then if i get there to the area that i wanted to walk around with and it was crowded i'm just gonna turn back because i don't want to do that i don't want to contribute to crowds even though i guess just being outside even if you're the only person potentially is contributing to a crowd but anyway I got there and and there was n hardly anybody there I'm like perfect and it was just great it was great to get a walk through the rugged outdoors you know I'm gonna be doing a lot of voices 
But one thing I've been noticing, everybody's kind of coming up with content now because we're all bored and we're in our homes. And even non-creative people who's not whose job is not to you know make stuff are, are coming up with content. And some of it's really entertaining to watch. But one of my favorite things that is perhaps the most entertaining to me, this is a niche thing, guys. It's people who do, they're mostly TikTok dance videos, TikTok like choreography especially specifically couples who do a dance choreography to a hip-hop song but they're like half-assing the dance that makes me laugh oh my god so hard a couple who spends three minutes on a choreographed dance and they couldn't give a shit there's some limp-limbed stoner who barely gives a shit about the like their face is just not there their eyes, you could tell they don't, they're like, why am I doing this? Yet they probably spent hours practicing. And then that's the take that they choose to put on their Instagram. Oh God, it's so funny to me. Someone's like, eh, okay. Eh. Like that's basically, that's the, that's the audio version of what I see. And it's so funny. It's so funny to me. Somebody who works really hard to memorize choreography and then just doesn't do it they suck at it it's so funny i also admire the fact that they don't give a shit that they suck at it or really care much throughout the whole thing I'm like damn that's kind of badass that you half-ass that and then put it online it's kind of funny another thing i'm noticing a lot of animal field trips going on right now like penguins going to see whales kittens going to see fishes in an aquarium and i'm like you got are we supposed to stay home or did you just let the kittens out and hope they knew how to get to the aquarium and that it was unlocked and the door was open and that they were just gonna get food somewhere that wasn't within the realm of the aquarium because you can't kill the talent a lot of animal field trips now look i'm a sucker for unlikely animal friendship videos on youtube but the animal field trips you just, just stay inside. You play with the animals. I don't really think a little kitten is going to go, wow, today I went to your diary. Today I went to the aquarium and I'll never forget it. I don't really think that kitten gives a shit. Although maybe they do. I don't know shit, guys. And neither do you. So I'm open to being wrong. You know what I'm getting really good at throughout this quarantine? Is boiling hot water, pouring myself a cup of tea stirring honey in it and then looking at instagram for an hour and never drinking it and then i figured i even made it and i wake up the next morning and i see a full-on cup of tea with the bag still in it and the spoon still in it i'm like god damn it the past four days i have woken up gone to my kitchen to feed kevin i'm like ah i did it again (gasps) wow i really didn't think i was gonna do it again but here i am did it again did it again i don't drink the tea because i was drinking it for a while and then nope i I made it i made it because i'm like if you make tea with honey in it you're like a good person who like drinks tea and you're like wholesome and good but you gotta drink the tea baby girl you gotta drink it man there's only so many times you can masturbate in one day right it feels like i'm going into an ad but i'm not (laughs) But masturbating has just lost its lust. I got to get more creative. The, t- the problem is I have a puppy who naps 20 hours out of the 24 hours in a day. And 
that's great because I could get a lot of stuff done. Like right now, he's out like a light. He he had a, a field trip to LIC today and he's like, bitch, peace. And I was like, I could masturbate, but I'm like, ugh, why? <laughs> it's like, is that what it's like to be a guy? I will tell you, nothing takes you out of the mood faster than your mom trying to FaceTime you as you're furiously searching for the perfect clip of porn. And you decline the FaceTime because you're like, Ma, not now. It's not a good time, Mom. Get out of my dick. Get off my dick, Mom. I'm trying to come. Sound clip. And then she FaceTimes you again. And you're like, oh, I swear to God, someone better be hurt. And then you're like, whoa, okay, monster. And then you pick up the FaceTime. You get dressed. You pick it up. And then your mom's like, honey, Aunt Pat sewed us these face masks. Aren't they cute? You're like, yeah, they are. Fine. I got to get more creative with masturbating, but I don't have, I used to when I was living alone, <laughs> my sad days of living alone, uh, before pre-Kevin, that's what I mean by that. I would get really creative with masturbating. I would be like, you know what? I'm going to set aside a fucking hour. I would put on a little outfit, crawl, you know, pretend someone was in the room with me. Ooh, edgy. But now I'm like, yeah, just come and hurry up. It's dumb. Who's the quarantine turd of the week, you ask? Oh, I'm so glad. The criminal justice system, specifically Rikers Island. Not a great place to be. I mean, if you don't know by now that the criminal justice system is fucked in the United States, now you know. Happy to, happy to deliver that news to you. I follow a lot of activists on social media. I love activists. We need them. Even if you're an activist... For a cause that I am adamantly against. We need activists. We need people who care about causes. So even if you're on team anti-women's rights, I, I, I applaud your passion for caring about something bigger than yourself. That's pretty cool. I don't agree with you, but applaud your passion. But one of the uh, people I follow who was, um, her name's Tiffany Caban. I'm, I'm assuming it's Caban, that that's how you say it. Her bio re reads, queer, Latina, Decarcerel, raging against the machine. Love that. Former Queens DA candidate. I think I've discovered her from watching like last week tonight or something, like a segment about like the importance of voting for your DA, which is very important. Anyway, she posted something. It was a repost. Um, and it's graphics. And I love a graphic that just gives me all the information I need, but it's not overwhelming. So she posted like a series of graphics. This is a repost post from uh, another person. Um, also a Queens um, political person, I think. Anyway, the, the graphic reads, more than 700 people have tested positive at Rikers Island for COVID-19. Here is why detention during COVID-19 is a human rights crisis and how you can help. Love a way to help. Woo, I love a way to help. Sometimes I'm too much love a way to help and I try to help when it's not my business. But you know, this is, a, this is a good way to help. Rikers Island Overview. One of the largest correctional facilities in the world with 7,000 people detained. It costs New York City approximately, oh, this pissed me off, $209,000 to detain one person for one year at Rikers Island. 90% of the inmates at Rikers are black or Hispanic. Rikers Island ranks is one of the 10 worst correctional facilities in the United States because of the ratings of violence amongst a lot of other things. And the, the source for all of this info 
uh, is the Vera Institute of Justice, if you were curious. Because I always think, cite your sources, and then look at the sources and go, yeah, that source is legit, or yeah, that source is shit. Um, Rikers Island is a hotspot for the spread of COVID-19. Due to unhygienic and crowded conditions, people at Rikers are not able to follow the safety measures suggested by the CDC. Setup can have 60 single beds less than two feet apart with up to 52 men in the dorm. More than 700 people have tested positive for for COVID-19 at Rikers, including over 440 staff members. Rikers has an infection rate of 6.6% more than seven times higher than that of New York City and nine times higher than the rate in New York State. That ain't good. And the source for that is the Marshall Project. Michael Tyson was the first killed by COVID-19 at Rikers. He was 53 years old and in jail for a parole violation that wasn't itself an actual crime. So he was at Rikers Island for a parole violation. Tyson was also one of 100 inmates inside Rikers Island Jail to sue New York State asking to be released because he had a medical condition that made him vulnerable. Two days after the case was filed, he died. Despite contrary reporting, New York City Department of Corrections states that everyone has access to soap and that daily inspections are carried out to, quote, ensure cleaning and sanitation supplies are available as necessary. They also stated that where possible in dormitory housing units, DOC is ensuring there is an empty bed in between people. Rikers Island prisoners. Oh, this one sucks. Rikers Island prisoners are being offered PPE Uh, And $6 an hour to dig mass graves. They're being paid to dig the graves that were putting the bodies of COVID-19 people who passed away who don't have a next of kin. They're the people digging these graves. Oh, you giving them protective gear? Oh, that's so sweet. Thanks. Fuck you. The labor of incarcerated individuals is used at 62 cents an hour to produce hand sanitizer for New York State. (sighs) Still, incarcerated people pay for soap at 95 cents and toilet paper at $5.30 per pack. If you're jail, you gotta pay for that shit? Legislation passed in 2012 also requires prisoners to pay a co-payment of $7 to see a doctor. Ugh. Detention centers are hotspots for the spread of the virus across the globe. People locked up by migration control centers across the globe. Prisoners of conscious detained for activism. Poor, low-income, and working-class people criminalized for their class status. Racial, religious, ethnic, gender, and sexual minorities criminalized for their identities. But advocacy is working. Here's some good news. Love me some good news. Released on uh, April 9th, 28 people who had violated the terms of their parole were granted admission to either 90-day or 45-day drug treatment program. And see, that's what we should be doing for these people anyway. Whatever your thoughts on is an addiction and a a disease or you just a lazy fuck, my personal thoughts are you're not just a lazy fuck. An addiction is the roots of addiction are so far beyond Someone is lazy. Okay. Putting people in drug treatment programs is exactly what should be happening if that's what they're in jail for. My God. Through first the first week of April, around a thousand people were released, including elderly nonviolent offenders. Sick. And you know, you know, like some news sources, I'm sure Fox News, because my parents reiterated this fun fact to me. They want to release criminals from jail? Well, when you word it that way, people are going to go, oh, no. 
But a nonviolent offender has no business being in a fucking COVID-19 hotspot. Thank you. Vote for me for mayor. I'm not going to run. Dozens of people freed from New York City jail simply because community-based organizing. So yay, it works. And the source for this is the New York Post. And you can follow at COVID bailout NYC on Instagram. Here's how you can help. Stand against legally enforced quarantine, which uh, further criminalizes already marginalized communities. Stand for grassroots community accountability instead. Okay. All right, sure. Advocate for bail reform and support at COVID bailout NYC. And if you want to directly uh, donate money, if you are in a position where you can donate some bucks, you could send them money via Venmo. And their Venmo handle is at COVID bailout NYC. Same handle. Create pressure on DAs, New York City mayor and governor to release imprisoned people immediately. Now, obviously, somebody could say, say soundbite. They want to release all the prisoners. No, 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 motherfucker. That's not exactly what everyone's saying, okay? Fund organizations supporting detained people. Here are some organizations. The COVID, uh, at COVID bailout at YC. Black Alliance for Just Migration. The handle for that is at Insta, B-A-J-I. There's the Response Crisis Translation. If you go to respondcrisistranslation.org, you can find out more info on that. Uh, emergency Release Fund at, this is an Instagram handle, at emergency underscore release underscore fund. Or you can visit the account uh, at Believers Bailout. And all of this is going to be at the resource section of my website. So you don't have to write this down. Not that you really have anywhere to go. Unless you're a nurse or a doctor, you work at a drugstore, you work at a grocery store. Seriously, thank you. The quarantine queens, the quarant queens of the week. Is anyone not buying stupid shit on Amazon? <sighs> Oops. You know, I, I I told you last week, I watched John Oliver's uh, Last Week Tonight. I fucking love that show. It's investigative journalism at its finest. Uh, this past Sunday, they talked about companies publicly claiming their employees mean a lot to them. I've seen a lot of those commercials. You'll just hear like this beautiful music. And then it'll be like, Walmart loves Dale. Dale works hard. Well, if Dale works so hard, why don't you pay him a just amount of money? Anyway. But he was talking about companies publicly claiming to love their employees and then cut to an Amazon factory worker, you know, coughing up blood as he boxes up your dildo. Here's something I'm ashamed of. Not ashamed of, but I'm like, ah, okay. After I watched that segment... It really dives into like, hey, can you not buy non-essential shit? Because this guy, um, what's his name? What's his name? Shit, I forget his name. Uh, Amazon, oh, Chris Smalls. Amazon fired him. He led protests for Amazon workers. And one of the things, uh, last week tonight featured a clip of him saying like, we're, we're boxing up things that are non-essential items. I think he even said like, I'm boxing up a dildo for you? Now, and then this is John Oliver's counterpoint. One could say that a dildo could keep you off the streets. <laughs> That's a great slogan for a dildo company. Yo, this dildo will keep you off the streets. And then you're not spreading the virus. You could say that. That's a, that's a bit of a jump. But you could say that, I guess. But he was basically saying, like, why are we still selling items that are non-essential? And then I thought to the last thing I bought on Amazon. And do you know what it was? <sighs> Sheets of jewel tattoos for your body. <laughs> not cute <laughs> oh i feel bad so i'm not i'm not gonna and amazon's not amazon doesn't even the, the health care giving the workers health care there's fucked up the people a lot of people aren't getting health care 
Then they interviewed a guy who was a paramedic. He was an EMT and he doesn't have health insurance. I'm like, that's fucked up, y'all. It's also fucked up that I made some person spend their time boxing up sheets of jewel tattoos for me to stick on my tits so I could maybe make a funny video that's not really going to be funny. It's just an excuse for me to look hot on my Instagram. Like, that's not really the best use of Chris Small's time. But they fucking fired him. They fired him for violating the social distance guideline. But he was like, I got tested for Corona. And then it took me days for the test results to come back. Motherfucker, if you get paid hourly, what you gonna do? You know what I mean? Oh, God. I'm sick of it all. Oh, I'm turning into my mom. That sucks. Well, no, I love my mom. But like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a complainer. Hey, guys. Let's do some fuckboy theater, Okay. <laughs> Let's do some fucking fuckboy theater. This fuckboy theater is brought to you by a girl named Rachel and a guy named Justin. She emailed me these screenshots. And these these happened before the time of COVID. So it's not like COVID related. Um, but she sent me a little context. Here are screenshots of probably one of the funniest conversations I've had with one of the many fuckboys I dealt with on dating apps. I messaged this guy briefly on Tinder and then we exchanged numbers. This is what went down. And, uh, and after, he kept trying to call me. Boy, bye. And I was like, that's fucking right, boy, bye. Yeah. Freaking. Mm. Okay. So ready? <clears throat> oh, I got to ground myself. Uh, okay. Hey, Rachel. How's your day going? It's Justin. And then she hasn't responded to that. So a couple days later, he sends a photo that Rachel did not blur out. And honestly, thanks, girl. It's a photo of him in his bed. And the, it's the angle. He's naked. He is naked. He just came. His penis is still hard. And and there's cum on his hand. And But it's the view, like the camera is at eye level with his asshole. I will say I can't see his asshole because the fur blanket he's laying on is covering it up. But he's got a long taint, if I'm going to be honest. It's a long taint. That's a lot of, that's a long runway from your balls to your asshole, buddy. Not good or bad. I'm just, it's long. So he sends a picture of himself naked. Just had an orgasm, I guess. Yeah, because there's white stuff all over his hand and a little on his dick. Now I will say, great dick. Great dick. Great dick is great. But if I just met you on Tinder and and I say, oh, here's my number. And you tell me, hey, how's your day going? It's me. And then I'll text you back. And then the next thing you send me is a picture of your dick buddy let me let me figure out what your favorite food group is or something first okay i can't and the way you guys want us to enjoy their cock so bad but you don't get that the way for us to enjoy your dick is if we first enjoy you okay write that on a sticky note and put it on your taint because you have the room for it anyways that's what he sends and then she says, man, you just had to go and ruin it, Justin. I thought you were good looking, swiped right. We were having decent conversation. You even got my number. We would have met up, went on a few nice dates, built a nice foundation, maybe found some good chemistry. Then there's a chance, had you played your cards right, you could have put that somewhere more fun with me. 
I'm assuming she means it's dick. Once the time was right. Don't get me wrong. It's not a bad dick, really. It's, it's really not a bad dick. You can't, you can't say it's a bad dick because it's not. But you're not going to get a girl like me like that. Woo! Stand up for yourself, girl. Know your worth. I hope this was a valuable lesson for you. And if not, best of luck and take care of that guy. If you keep sending out unsolicited dick pics, he'll probably need you. Oh, shit, bitch. And then he says, You never texted back. Figured you were just like every girl on Tinder. Tinder is horrible anyways. Thumbs down emoji. One takes it serious. I try too, but girls never message back or they don't swipe right. It's just a dick. If that ruins my chance of meeting you, then maybe I shouldn't meet you if you are that petty. Boo-boo. Petty, the wrong adjective to use, boo-boo. It's not petty's not the word. You showed zero interest in me. And wow, you gave me your number. Could have been fake for all I know. Oh, so you sent a picture of your cock to it. That's good. That's good. So you say my loss? No, it's your loss on a great guy like me. And most likely you won't even message me back on here after this. I had hope that you were even interested in me or even going to text me back. Oh, I had no hope that you were even interested in me or even going to text me back. So you sent a picture of your cock, huh? Girls like you are caught up with other guys that have everything paid for. You're into the spoiled boys that won't ever grow up. You'll have kids with one of them one day and get treated like you're a piece of property and get cheated on because you're not in your 20s anymore. And you will put up with it because you will be so dependent on his money and lifestyle that you will live a horrible life. I feel like we know how his parents' marriage ended. It's actually every... With a, with a thing, I guess she was collecting or correcting his uh, sentence. Secondly, you sent me a picture of your genitals that I never asked for after I didn't text you back and you're trying to come up, uh, come from some sort of pedestal of morals and pointing fingers at someone you literally know nothing about except for how they look. For all I know, you could be a spoiled guy who has everything paid for. And it's certainly clear you are not a grown up because what grown self-respecting man exposes himself to people he doesn't know and then throws a delusional tantrum after it's not well received. Well said. In real life, if you were just if you were to go around just flashing your penis at people, you would be considered a sex offender, by the way. And now because you're embarrassed, I'm a gold digger. You don't know me at all, so I wouldn't expect you to know this, but I work 60 hours a week while taking online classes. I support myself entirely. Yesterday, it just so happened that I worked a 12-hour day with a lot of traveling because I am the manager and run an entire program. So fuck you. And then I did a three-hour class online. I would have texted you today when I was on my lunch break and apologized for not texting you back yesterday. And now, because you violated any respect you have, for me or yourself and continued by making all sorts of entirely untrue assumptions about me and wishing a horrible life on me. You're right. You'll never be hearing from me again. Enjoy your horrible, lonely life, asshole. <laughs> and then he says, <laughs> and then he says, please give me a second. <laughs> oh, please give me a second. Please give me a second to digest the platter of truth that I was just given from a woman, so I don't want to hear it. Oh, 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 boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
Now, sometimes I like to do a palate cleanser after fuckboy theater, just to remind you that not all men are trash. And I know um, a lot of times when I've done these palate cleansers, they've been poetry written by women, but this poetry, this poem is written by a man. Yay! Yeah, you did it! No, but I, I love um, I love reading poetry, and I, I thought it more poignant to share a man's beautiful words so that maybe we can be re-inspired by the male race. Or just go, eh, that was good. I did a show a couple months back at House of Yes. Oh, such a cool show. It was called Wonder Show. Remember when we go to shows, guys? <sighs> Me too. <laughs> anyway, I did this show, and outside... There was intermissions because it was comedians, me, and then like circus performers, but like doing the silks and the freaking hula hoop on the ceiling. And that's not the word for it, but fuck off. I don't know many things. And during one of the intermissions, uh, the host was like, hey, there's a poet outside with a typewriter and you could give him cash and he'll write a poem for you. And I was like, um, and that is this my husband. And he is a great guy. We had a fun conversation. His name is Lynn Gentry, L-Y-N-N-G-E-N-T-R-Y. The poem is called Inner Child because I, I think I forget what he asked me. He asked me a couple questions about me to get to know me to like customize my fucking poem. OK, and um, and I told him I think he asked me something about like, what are you working on right now or, or what do you love about yourself or something? I don't forget what he asked, but I was talking about Inner Child. So he wrote this poem called Inner Child. Ready? Perhaps. When shit stops being funny, I'll choose to grow up and care about home loans and go to bed early and stop walking the streets alone. But that day is not right now, as I am too busy getting rooms to laugh with me, knowing the emperor has many clothes. But that bitch is naked right now, so if I must watch the sad display all around me, I would rather enjoy my time by highlighting a train wreck with a punchline. Woo, Lynn Gentry, you just restore my faith in men. Not really, but this is a good poem. It's a good poem. I've been thinking about a lot of stuff lately because, you know, we're sitting with ourselves. And I talk to Kevin a lot. He doesn't talk back yet, but he's young, okay? And I was, I was, uh, I, I've been listening to a lot of music. And I was listening to the Beach Boys and the Beatles. I made a playlist that's just like Beach Boys and Beatles. And I was like, man, this shit was so wholesome. Like truly so beautifully wholesome. I has it, I was going to say the word pure, but so pure is a lot of evil behind it because it's like controlling because it like invokes fear. Like if I'm not pure, whatever the fuck that even means, then no one will want me. Mm, but um, it's so, the Beach Boys and the Beatles were just, just sweet. Just so sweet. That song, Wouldn't It Be Nice? Oh, the Beach Boys were like... Ugh. Let's go surfing, everybody. I wish everyone had an ocean so we could all go surfing. Oh, that's sweet. That's so sweet. And then the Beatles, God, the Beatles have this, I mean, granted, they were, you know, wholesome. They were like kicking back acid, but like, good for you. Okay. As long as you're not talking to the devil on mushrooms. But this, the song She Loves You by the Beatles this is, these are the lyrics. I was listening to them like, God damn, that's so sweet. Grown men. I mean, I don't know how old they were when these, when they hit. But I think they were over 18. <laughs> I'm not trying to like fuck a young beetle. But I'm just saying like, you know, these were men who have lived a life. They're, they were men. 
and they wrote songs. This The song, She Loves You, oh God, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. The lyrics are, you think you've lost your love. Well, I saw her yesterday and it's you she's thinking of and she told me what to say. She says she loves you and you know that can't be bad. Yeah, she loves you and you know you should be glad. Oh, so sweet. So sweet. Just, it's just, oh God, precious, precious. And then you think about boy bands today. They're not like, oh, face fuck you, bitch. And they're not like that, but like, you know, Sync was my favorite boy band ever. And one of my favorite songs was It Makes Me Ill. It's currently my go-to karaoke song. Well, when there was karaoke. But It Makes Me Ill, that's a little possessive. Wait, how does the lyrics go? Like, I was hanging with the fellas, saw you with your new boyfriend and made me jealous. Ooh, whoop-de-doo. I was hoping that I'd never see you with him, but it's all good because I'm glad that I met him. Ha, cocky. Because now I know that competition's very slim to none, and I could tell by looking that he's not the one. Bitch, you don't know me. He's not the type you said you like his dollars. Why? Because I'm bad. Come on, girl, let him go. I want you back. And he's like, call me a hater because I want you, but I only hate on him because I want you. All right, fuck off. No one asked you. You, basically, you rename that song, Wah, I didn't win. Love that song. But, you know, if, if you're looking at it from, what was the artist trying to say? Or like, what, what are the things they were conveying? If you don't love me, you can love no one. Whoa, sync. And then like a more bo- modern boy band. I was like, well, maybe, maybe, what, what, I don't really look into, I'm not a boy band person. I was when Sync was out because I was 13. But if you are a boy band person, you're a grown-ass person, good for you. Good for you. But that song by One Direction, You Don't Know You're Beautiful. Oh, my God. These are the lyrics. You'll understand why I want you so desperately. Uh, okay. Right now, I'm looking at you, and I can't believe you don't know. Oh, oh, you don't know you're beautiful. That's what makes you beautiful. Um, that's what makes me beautiful? Is that I don't know I'm beautiful? Why don't you rename that song? Woo, love me and insecure, bitch. She loves you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she loves you, yay, yay. If you look at another man, I'll punch you. That's not what the other ones were saying, but. I just, I've been thinking about lyrics lately. And you know how certain things, you know, don't age well because we socially evolve? I love Salt and Peppa. I mean, they were fucking, those women were pioneers. Salt and Peppa. I wonder if anybody calls it Salt and Pepper. Because that, that's not how you say it. It's not spelled that way. But what's that song? Is it Shoop? Or What a Man, I think? No, is it Shoop? I don't know which one, but it's like, um, oh, fuck, I love all their songs. But there's this one where a guy comes in, a guy rapper, and he's like, well, it's those songs like, here I go, here I go, here I go. Again, girls, what's my weakness? Men. Okay, then chill. Okay, I'm not going to, don't worry. I'm not going to put you through that. But then, but then the, then, then the guy comes in. And what does he say? He says, uh, isn't this riveting content? Um, I forget what the, how his verse starts, but there's a lyric in that that goes, and trigger warning, I'm going to say the word retard. Uh, deal with it. There's a lyric in the song. It's like 12 inches to to a yard. I'll have a sound. You sounding like a retard. And then either salt or pepper <laughs> adds to that by going, Ugh. 
I'm like, that's not okay. I perhaps it was at a point where we, you know, you could say retard. Oh, it's so retarded. Like maybe at the beginning of that, and people weren't like, yeah, you know. But oh god, wait, salt and pep. Hold on, I got, I got to I got to play it for you. I have to play it for you. I wanna shoot. Wait, okay, so oh, oh yeah, it's like, girl, how you doing? Oh, and he's coming this way. Ooh, get in, we'll be water, get loose. Okay. Like Scooby Dooby. Fucking revolutionaries. Oh yes, this part, this part. And he's coming this way. Ooh. What the fuck? Wait, let's listen to that again. He's coming this way. I was listening to that song the other day and I didn't notice that part about it, but I know all the lyrics to it, or most lyrics, and because I was upset, that was my second ever CD that I bought with Phil and Peppa. Uh, and I go, oh, oh, that's not PC. Oh, boy. Yikes. And then when she goes, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's not great. <laughs> it's not great. But, you know, at the time, we feel like, oh, it's a great song. It is a great song. It is a great song. But that part, I was like, wow. Huh. I never noticed that part. <sighs> okay. Let's do it. Let's do the second agreement, guys. This one is the one that I have the most problems with. It, meaning, it, it's the most challenging one for me. It's so hard. Oh, God. It's like so hard. It is, though, for me. Don't take anything personally. Man, that, I remember, I think it was possibly Corinne who was the first person to ever say, Everything's not about you, Christina. Because I would get pissed. I would assume people were mad at me when they couldn't give, they weren't even thinking of me. I had nothing to do with it. I'm like, and the pain, the pain that I felt, the the sheer, the, 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 it felt like I was falling off of a 12-story building. The pain, like the, the, the knot in my stomach when I assumed so much shit was about me. I could have saved myself the so much trouble my entire life had I not taken things personally. Now, granted, we are taught to take things personally. It's it's I think it's part of human nature to take things personally, but the cool thing is it doesn't really make sense to take things personally. That was very relieving. I love logic. Love logic. And when you really break shit down, it makes sense that taking things personally is kind of stupid, even though we all do it. I do it. Oh boy, I do it a lot. I want to see what time it is before I get in. So it's 641. If I go to 7 o'clock, I want to take the microphone over to the window. Um, and you can hear everybody clapping for the healthcare and um, essential workers for New York City. It's really cool. It's like my favorite moment of the day. When people banging on their pots and pans 
and I look outside and I look at everyone in their apartment because we're all in our apartments because that's where we've been for eight years. And they got a little pan or a pot. And they're like, whoa, it's really cool. So if I if I suddenly stop talking and, and walk over to the window, that's why. Because I want you to hear it. Um, don't take anything personally. Oh, if I had a nickel for every time I took something personally, I would have $1.2 billion, probably. I don't think that's an exaggeration. A fucking animal looks at me weird. I'm like, what the fuck's your problem? You know what I mean? If you don't, good for you. But that's the, I mean, I take so much shit personally. And I, and I, and I look, I'm like, oh, you know, I look at my parents. I'm like, did they take anything personally? Like, yeah, all that. Not my dad so much as my mom. But once you understand that taking things personally is not beneficial to anyone and it's more logical to not take things personally, you really notice how personally you take everything. Seriously. I mean, a stranger could slip me a note under my door. Well, that's a bad, that's a bad analogy. That's weird. But I, what I'm saying is somebody I don't know, like I was telling you that example, um, I think it was last week when I was at that NASCAR race, I was 12 years old and we were walking through everybody tailgating and this drunk guy comes up to me, I was 12 and he's like, why you gotta look so mean all the time? And I was like, wait, what is this about me looking mean all the time? Like I didn't mean it. Ah! And I was always trying to be the perfect kid. That was one of the reasons why I took everything personally because I wanted to be responsible for every fucking thing that happened to me. But you're only responsible for how you react to shit, guys. Isn't that a relief? And how you react to shit is a choice. I know that's very hard to comprehend. At least it was for me. But it is a choice how you react. And that's a beautiful thing if you can learn to control that. Ooh, I'm not there, but I, I'm trying. That's maybe, because, you know, I always ask myself, what's the point of life? And for me, it's like, I want to become a person that, as Domingo Marie says, lives in heaven in the midst of hell. Like, I want to be in my own mental heaven. I want to be, I want to have inner peace. And one of the things I think the biggest step for me to have inner peace is not saying shit so personally. There's so many times a kid has been a dick to me, a kid that I barely knew, and I was so offended. I'm like, Christina, it's a fucking kid. But we're addicted to the drama, guys. That's why we love reality television. Everyone comes at you with their entire life's worth of shit. Okay, so if someone's projecting on you or if someone's yelling at you, whether you know them or not, their entire lives up until that moment is what fostered whatever the fuck is coming out of their mouth. And sometimes they throw their pain or their bullshit at you. And you could catch it, you could duck, or you can get hit in the face with shit. Which one do you want? Um, I'm just going to walk away. Well, I want to. But I don't do that yet. We're all trying. But I can usually tell what someone's childhood was like by their unfavorable personality traits that they exhibit. And when someone takes everything personally, I'm like, ooh, your dad done yelled at you for stupid shit. Or your mom straight up called you a loser. Because <laughs> think about the people you know. I'm sure most of us know at least one person who very much takes everything personally. And I feel like for a lot of my friends, I'm that person. 
gotta be real frustrating i've gotten i've made huge strides in not taking things personally because it is it's exhausting to be friends with someone who takes everything personally coming from the friend who takes everything personally (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) sorry guys we're all trying it's so hard not to take things well no it's not i take that back it's actually not hard to take things personally but 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 to get from not even knowing that you're doing it to then understanding that you're doing it that's a that's that is that is thriving, my dears. And and also too, if we're insecure about something, whatever it is, say I'm insecure. I'm insecure about acne. I'm very insecure about acne, right? So so and I because I think if we trace it down to the roots of like what agreement did I make with myself that made me so insecure about my face breaking out? Because seriously, some people have faces that are very broken out and they they might give a shit on the inside but sometimes people just don't give a shit and they exist and they're like okay whatever i mean it's i wish i clear skin but okay it doesn't deplete my worth so the agreement that i must have made somewhere along the line was that having acne depletes my worth as a woman as a woman like it makes me not hot and not fuckable and not desirable and you know i know you can you could kind of take it back to like caveman shit about like, well, the qualities that we're attracted to another person really deep down, if you trace it back, it's because you would have the best chance at having like a fucking warrior kid with that person. So, you know, clear skin is attractive because it deep down, it tells you that the person's healthy. You know what? You haven't gotten to know their personality yet. So don't, don't make assumptions, which is another agreement that we'll cover at another time. But I, somewhere along the line, I'm like, if I my face is broken out, that makes me ugly or undesirable, whatever the fuck. And so if I'm walking down the street with a breakout and some person I do not know, a total stranger, comes up to me. This is just an example. This doesn't happen, but this is an example. And is like, oh, your face. I would be so hurt. And I would be hurt because I already have an agreement that I made with myself from when I was two days old, probably because it's real deep rooted because I got real mad at Great John Spa. Don't go there. Don't go there. That that was bad. And so if if I'm walking down the street and I'm already insecure about my face, maybe I'm having a break out because I don't know, maybe I went to Great John Spa. My face looks like a pizza took a shit on my face. And and some stranger who I've never met in my life and will never see again comes up to me and goes, oh, your face. I'm going to go, <gasps> that's going to cut me so much deeper. But if I was a person who's like, yeah, I'm breaking out. Like it happens. Like maybe I have to change something about my diet. Let's take some clues from this breakout, Christina, instead of going, I'm a monster. But if I didn't give a shit and some stranger who I didn't even know was like, oh, your face. I'd be like, oh, your face. I don't care, dude. I probably wouldn't even say anything. That's why it, it helps so, so, so much to have people in your lives who do not take things personally. Oh man, that is the most helpful tool for me is to, I need an example of it is possible to not take things personally. Even though I totally understand that it's a choice. I need to see it like unfold for me to go, oh, okay. Got to see it unfold. But if we're insecure about something and some stranger or even a person we know very well says something that hits that insecurity, mm mm-mm. You're likely going to have that insecurity magnified and solidified in stone forever. But I, I go in waves with not taking things personally. 
I think I'm in a wave of a long wave, perhaps maybe a plateau of of not taking things personally. But it takes remind for me. It takes reminding myself: don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. Like when I was reading that feedback that I paid for, I was like coaching myself. I'm like, all right, Christina, come on, get, yep, open up the email and we're going to read it. You didn't get accepted. It's not personal. It's not personal. Okay, let's go into the feedback. Not personal, not personal, not personal. And it's not. (laughs) My one friend, my friend D, my friend Donna, follow her on Instagram, the Donna's Project. D-O-N-A-S dot project. Um, She's a, a pizza snob. And I remember one time she was over my house and we ordered a pizza and I put, I, I dipped my pizza in ranch dressing. And so I always do. And I'll do it till the day I die. And I don't give a shit that I, that I don't care what you have to say. I did, doesn't, doesn't matter. I don't care if you think that's, you know, blasphemy. Okay. But I, there was, I think I was having like a bad day or something. We were, we were eating pizza and she goes, oh girl, you are not about to put ranch dressing on that pizza. And I was like, can I just do something without anybody commenting? And she's like, whoa, 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 I'm sorry. I'm just Italian and a pizza snob. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just sad and need to dip my food in ranch, okay? And it's like, all right, Christina, maybe relax. It's not personal. Her comment on me putting ranch dressing in a giant pile next to my pizza so I can dip it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with she's a foodie. And she's Italian and she loves a good pizza, like a well-made pizza. So just fucking relax, Christina. And I try to think about bigger issues like, okay, slut shaming, for example. Uh, When that happens, when that happened to me, I guess it still happens, but I don't give a shit anymore. Um, I would take it personal. And that's a hard thing to not take personal because that's a big deal. And I think one of the reasons why it's so hard to not take it personal, at least for me, when it would happen to me, is because I'm like, I know what I'm doing isn't wrong, but you are insisting that it's wrong. And I need, I feel the need to defend it. But girl, that's a wasted ass energy. Man, motherfuckers love being right. And I'm one of those people. But once you let go of the need to be right, Ah, you get five husbands and three wives. That's how desirable you become. You get all the wives and all the tigers and all the Kevins. But something like slut shaming, I mean, because it's all, like I said, all this shit, take it with a grain of salt. You might agree, you might disagree. Just ponder it, be curious. That's the best thing I could ever ask of you is to just be curious about the shit that comes out of my mouth, okay? And I'll be curious about the shit that comes out of yours, all right? But with something like slut shaming, it's you look back at the history of it and, and women's rights and and it's hard to not take it personally because it feels like a um it feels like someone's trying to come at sexuality as a whole or women as a whole. If you if you're a woman getting slut shamed, which mostly are women doing it, but guys get slut shamed too, and that sucks too. But it's like should I take it personally? Should I not take it personally? Well, no, you shouldn't take it personally. But I think the anger is very beneficial that's how we get activists okay so it's it's good to stand up against things like that or it's good to stand up to people who are trying to shame you for that for whatever the fuck it is but taking it personally that's not gonna help and that's why it it used to be so hard for me to talk to people who I disagreed with because I took it so personally that they disagreed and it's like Christina you're not the goddamn queen of the world 
if you take something personally, that's because you believe it to be true. Or you're afraid that it's true. Or you're trying to push against the fact that so many people believe it's true. But it's like, that's on you, okay? What causes you, this is some quotes, what causes you to be trapped in the dream of hell is what we call personal importance. Personal importance or taking things personally is the maximum expression of selfishness because we make the assumption that everything is about me. Ooh, ouch. Ouch, Domingo Ruiz, ouch. Oh, here's a quote to tattoo on your forehead. Nothing other people do is because of you. See, and I read that and I'm like, that felt personal. (laughs) Christina, take a step back and relax. But nothing other people do is about you. It's all about them. It's only about them. All people live in their own mind. They are in completely dif- a completely different world from the one we live in, or the one you live in, or the one I live in. When we take something personally, we make the assumption that they know what is in our world, and we try to impose our world on their world. And the best example of that is people getting offended at comedians making jokes. But I'm not talking about, that's why it's like, it's okay. I'm talking about a certain level of offended, okay? Because let me tell you something. A lot of things that uh, comedians have said things, that have offended me, sure. But I, when it offends me, I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, girl, let's do a quick, uh, let's, do, let's do a group meeting with yourself, okay? Bring all your thoughts and all your personalities and all the parts of yourself. Let's do a group huddle, okay? Let's do a Christina Marie Hutchinson group huddle. Why did, that, why did that upset you? Because they made a joke about bipolar beer. This is an example of an actual joke that a comic did. I don't know who it was. It was years and years ago. But basically, the joke was about bipolar people being weak or something like that. And I, and I took that as somebody basically pooping on my mom's face that's how I took it I was like you're gonna come in this comedy club and you're gonna take a shit on my beautiful lovely angel of a mother's face fuck you but even back then before I had the four agreements and before I even really understood that what I was doing was actually taking it personally even back then I was like okay Christina you are very heated about this because you love your ma and you don't want anyone to say anything bad about your ma you could say bad things out of frustration but you earned that. No one else could say anything bad or look at your mom weird or cut her off in traffic or you kill them. That was kind of where I was operating from. Very exhausting place to be. And, and then I took a step back and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is really pissing you off. Why? Well, because you love somebody who is bipolar and you see the struggle that they go through and you understand how hard it is for them to function in, a way, in the way that they would like to function. And you know that they didn't ask for this shit and they didn't ask to be made fun of on stage as a group, but it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This comic on stage does not know you have a, a family member with, a, with bipolar disorder. And even if they did know, it's not about you because you weren't in the room when they wrote the joke. You weren't in their room and they go and they looked at you and they go, you know, your mother fucking sucks. Let me write a joke about bipolar people. That's just not what happened. So don't take it personal. But I do think, you know, people, comics having jokes that are distasteful, in your opinion, distasteful is to, in the eye of the beholder, but that's okay. If something's distasteful to you and it's not distasteful to another person, you're both right. Because your entire life and all of your experiences up until that moment that you heard that joke is informing your opinion on if this is distasteful or not. And if you think something's distasteful, that's okay. But when a comic says something, and, and a lot of times anything that comes out of a comedian's mouth on a podcast or, or in, on Twitter or whatever, I, can't, I, I promise you most of the time it's just going to be a joke or a one-off or them just trying to like... A lot of times 
comedians offend people and it's really because the comic was kind of being lazy and they weren't thinking of a really tactful way to get at the point they were trying to make. But if you get offended by something a comedian says, that's okay. But the level of offended that I'm talking about that needs to fucking stop is like, they should not exist or be able to have hands anymore so they can't type these terrible jokes and make me feel bad. I think it's great to stand up to people who have ideologies that are harmful. And again, that is in the eye of the beholder, an ideology that is harmful. We all might have different opinions on that. I don't know. I'm barely, I barely know my own opinions about shit. You know? (sighs) Christ. That's why I journal. I'm journaling. I'm trying. But nothing other people do is because of you. Nothing a comedian says is because they want to piss you off. That's the thing. I, I, when I get annoyed at a, a person or frustrated, basically what I'm saying to myself, deep down, not like outright, is they're doing this to piss me off on purpose. Well, who gave me a crown and made me queen of the shit mountain? No one. They're not doing something specifically to piss you off, Christina. I don't know if you think that. I I don't know a lot of people who kind of react that way. But I really got down to why certain things piss me off. And it's because I have made this assumption that they're doing it to piss me off. And that's just not why they're doing it, boo-boo. They're doing it because of them. All people live in their own mind. They are completely, they are in a completely different world. I already read that part. All right, relax. See, you really get to see me talking to myself. Oh, it's almost, it's almost time to go over to the window so you could hear the cheers. The opinions other people give are according to the agreements that they have in their own minds. Their point of view comes from all the programming that they received. If you take what someone else says personally, then you are taking their poison and it becomes yours. Mm. Taking things personally makes you easy prey. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, let's go over to the window. Let's go over to the window and hear people like yelling for the people real quick. One second. See if you can hear it. Do you hear the clanking? I'm staring at a woman whose window's open across the street. She's got a little lid to a pot and a little wooden spoon. And every day at 7 p.m., she goes over to a window and very delicately pats the wooden spoon against the pot. That was me adding to the support. I just wanted you to hear it, because, like, it's really nice. I always, I mean, I I fucking love living in New York, even if it's the center of the COVID-19 outbreak. I love living here. Because the New Yorkers are like the who's in Whoville. You know? Bad shit might happen, but it's like, all right, let's figure this out. Let's figure it out together. Now they're really going, oh, I, I, I left the window too soon. Now they're really yapping. Yapping... That sounded negative. But it's really sweet. I love that moment. Anyway, stop getting so goddamn offended. Okay? The opinions other people have in accordance to the agreement that they have in their own minds. Their point of view from comes from the programming that they've seen. Okay, cool. Taking, oh, taking things personally makes you easy prey. Mm, kids who get bullied the most, I think. I got bullied. And it's definitely because I took everything personally. Um, but... 
when you take everything personally, you're like a bully's wet dream. Because then the bully feels some power. Because that's probably why they're bullying anyways, because they feel so powerless and sad. So if they have some power about how you feel about yourself, then they will feel empowered, not from fun, but from a big old pile of poopy. And uh, and then they're gonna they're gonna keep bullying you, dude. That's me talking to me. Because if if a bully comes up to you in middle school or high school, or whatever, and be like, "Fucking queer," and you said to that bully, "Thanks," and you didn't give a shit. They'd stop bullying you because what fun is that? Oh, you're not going to develop an eating disorder or a cutting habit from my words? Next. Thank you. Next. Bully edition. The bully will be bored and they'll walk three feet to the next kid whose dad called him fat. And then they'll go, yes, here we go. Prime time. Fresh meat. So you become immune to bullies if you don't take anything personally. Truly. Now, obviously, if, if, if you had a situation where a giant group of kids were just spent time tormenting you, I mean, that's terrible. That's oh, my God. Hi, Kevin. He woke up from his nap. That that sucks. But but I, I, I'm willing to, to bet if you didn't take it personally, which is hard to do when you're a kid, because when I was a kid and I got when I started getting bullied, my genuine thought was like, why would anybody be mean to anybody? Like, I just didn't comprehend that anybody would want to be mean. But that's before I knew that hurt people hurt people. Okay, fuck you. But, you know, obviously, if you're getting bullied at school, it's um, the bully's parents probably aren't great people. I'm willing to bet, or whoever their guardian was. But then the person who's getting bullied that kind of takes it, you also have your own shit. The only heroes in this are the people who don't give a shit. And that's rare. And that's Corinne Fisher. (laughs) She's really the only person I know that doesn't take shit personally. She's the person that I go, okay, it is possible. It is possible. But if you take shit personally, you eat up other people's emotional garbage you take the poison it becomes your poison and now you're poisoned ew dude but if you do not take things personally you are immune to the poison in the middle of hell because again we are currently living in hell cute thanks for the reminder i didn't need to know that but i appreciate it you make something so big out of something so little because this is a quote from it because you have the need to be right and to make everybody else wrong and then you try to double down by being uh, about being right by lending your opinion as if it's God's gift to the fucking world. Can I just say too, somebody who does not take shit personally is very sexy. I realized after first reading this book, I was so, uh, my ears perked up so hard like that guy's dick, Justin's dick, what's his name? Justin, whatever the fuck his dumbass name was about the not taking things personally because I go that's why I like certain people what one of my one or that's why not the only reason why I like but why I'm drawn to certain people is for the mere fact that they don't take anything personally and I'm amazed by it I'm in awe by it and I want to be more like that I want to be more like them dress for the job you want okay not the bullshit you dealt you got dealt (laughs) you may say to someone hey what you say is hurting me but it is not that I'm hurting you. It is because you have wounds that I touched by what I have said. You are hurting yourself. 
Ugh, tough pill to swallow. There is no way I can take anything you say personally, not because I don't trust you, but because you see the world with different eyes. Woo! Okay. Okay, Miguel. Okay. I hear you. My favorite new phrase lately that I've been saying, because I'm truly like, I, I, I'm very actively working on this specific agreement and I've been actively working on it for, I would say the past year. And the way I actively work on it is just reminding myself all the time, every day, multiple times a day to not take things personally. And now I've been doing that enough that I can tell you get that little twinge, like your, like your heart dropped into your stomach and it's doing a little dance. It's doing Cotton Eye Joe in your stomach. And you're like, you don't belong here. You belong up to him by my tit. And you're like, mm-mm, because you took this shit personally. So now I'm dancing, doing Cotton Eye Joe in your stomach. But now I, I, I'm very aware when I get that feeling. So it's like my, my warning signs, my, eh, eh, they're getting louder. I can finally hear them, which is nice. And when that happens, me personally, I just go, okay, let's take a second and figure out what's really going on here. What's going on inside Christina's heart? And then fast forward to three hours later, furiously masturbating that my mom interrupts me. Ooh, callback. But my new favorite phrase is, it's not my problem. And that's a hard phrase. It's even hard. I even felt weird saying it out loud because that just sounds mean and harsh. <laughs> but it's not. Because here's the thing. I, one of the things I do, used to do a lot, was think everybody was mad at me. Not everybody at the same time. But if someone was being distant, I would go, they're probably mad at me. They're probably mad at me. But you know what, bitch? Me, meaning bitch. If they're mad at you, just let's just pretend, say they are mad at you. Because I always like to go for all the possible scenarios to see which one, you know, to, to just revisit all the possible things that could happen to this outcome. So I'm mad at XYZ because I, or I think XYZ is mad at me because they haven't talked to me. They're ignoring my phone calls or ignoring my texts. That's not like them. It's been going on for, when someone ignores my call or text, I don't really give a shit because I'm somebody who ignores calls or texts, not on purpose, because I just have so many things going on. I get easily distracted. Somebody could text me. I'll write the reply and I'll never send it. And then someone thinks I'm ignoring them. So I understand when someone doesn't text me back, I'm very understanding of that only because I understand that I do it and why I do it. And I know it's not personal. So that, that, that part's easy. But if someone is not talking to me and ignoring my calls for a certain amount of time, I'm like, all right, maybe there's a problem. And I see that they're talking to other people. And then I go, they're fucking mad at me, probably. They're fucking mad. Okay, Christina, maybe they are mad at you. But if they are mad at you, maybe they either A, want some space and they don't want to fucking talk to you. Relax. Or they're mad and they expect you to come running and go, did I do something wrong? And if that's the case, fuck you, dude. If you are upset with me it is my and you are my good friend, it is my hope that you could feel comfortable talking to me about it. But if you don't feel comfortable talking to me about it, hey, maybe that's on me. Maybe I don't create an inviting atmosphere for people to give me critical feedback. Sometimes I pay for feedback and I go, it's not personal, it's not personal, it's not personal, it's not personal. Another call back. You're welcome, bitch. So either way, it's okay. Like that was one of my biggest things because I, I don't know where this stems from and you don't got to know the roots to everything. Sometimes you know the roots to something ain't helpful. Sometimes it is. But people who take things personally, a lot of times they tend to be passive aggressive and that quality, in a, I, that is my pet peeve is an understatement. When someone is passive aggressive towards me, I truly get psychologically triggered because my mom would do that to me. 
And when your mom, when a parent does it to you and you're a child, you're like, all right, lady, but you don't have the wherewithal to even think that yet. So, so that always made me really mad. And then when, as I got older and that kept happening, I got really pissed. And then when anybody in my life would be passive aggressive, I'd be like, oh, you're going to pay for this. And it's like, whoa, maybe you're taking out your anger towards one person on another person that like didn't do anything. Okay. So it's just nice to remind. It's, it's, it's so important to be around people who don't take shit personally, guys. Because especially if you were raised by somebody who takes something personally, ooh, that's a mental disorder all in and of itself. Not a disorder, but like a quirk that you got to work on. You get mad. Here's some more quotes. You get mad because you are afraid because you are dealing with fear. If you're not afraid, there is no way you will get mad at me or hate me. If you're not afraid, there's no way you will be jealous or sad. If you live without fear, there is no place for any of those emotions. If you don't feel any of those emotions, it is logical that you will feel good. When you feel good, everything around you is good. And when everything around you is great, everything makes you happy. You're loving life. You're loving everything that's around you because uh, you love yourself. You are happy with the movie that you are producing guys watched well happy with your agreements with life you are at peace and you live in the state of bliss where everything is wonderful and everything is beautiful in that state of bliss you are making love all the time and everything with everything that you perceive oh that's so sweet and i know some people just aren't happy people and i don't my relationship with happiness is i know is different than your relationship with happiness because you're not me you're you and that's what makes you beautiful because you don't know and you're like really insecure so i can like fuck you soon um if people tell you how wonderful you are here's here's some truth people are telling you how wonderful you are they are not saying that because of you you know you're wonderful when i heard that i was like stop it but that 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 was a good reminder to not let people's compliments get to your head you shouldn't even take positive you shouldn't take anything that comes out of anybody's mouth personally negative or positive i think we look at it's bad to take it's unhealthy to take the negative things people say about you personally, but I, I would argue that it's just as unhealthy to take the positive things that people say about you personally and and base your worth on that because if your worth is based on what everybody else thinks of you, that's not going to be great. You're probably going to be a shitty grandpa if that's where you d- derive your worth. But if you know yourself and you know you're great, that's all you need to know. If someone was like Christina... If you were on a desert island, what one thing would you want to accompany you? I'd be like, self-love. Not food, not water, self-love. Here's a quote that I was like, damn, even if someone shot you in the head, it is not personal. And if you think about that concept, yeah. Even if it was someone you knew who shot you in the head, they didn't shoot you in the head because of anything to do with you. Even if you incited anger or rage in them, that has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. People's reactions to you have nothing to do with you. So if you go up to someone and be like, oh, I love your work, I love your work. It's not, the person who did the work, it's not personal. It's not personal, it's really not. But you were so moved by their work because it touched something in you. And, and it related to your experience. So your feedback on their work is because of you, not because of them. Not to say they didn't do a good job on Dwell. It was a great job. It was a great film. But if it emotionally resonated with you, that's because all the things that happened up into your life made it possible to be emotionally emotional. Wow. Someone make that a magnet. 
Don't even, t- and then he says, don't even take what's in your own head personally. Woo, that let me off the hook. That's good to know. Don't take even what's in your own head personally. If you concentrate enough, I think you could tell the difference too between, like, I, I always judge myself or uh, like, I have this, I'm still trying to figure out the balance between work and and play. And I realize I'm kind of addicted to guilting myself into not getting things done at all times. And that's why one of the things quarantining has taught me is, hey, bitch, they ain't, it's impossible for you to get mad at yourself for not getting enough done. Everyone's in timeout right now. So you just, you can't, you can't, it just doesn't make any sense. Not that it made sense before, but it really doesn't make any sense now. And then I realize I'm allowed to learn, live without guilt. But anyway, I don't know where, what point I was making with that. Let's do more quotes. The mind lives in more than one dimension. There may be times where you have ideas that don't originate in your mind, but you're perceiving them with your mind. And I read that and I got to be honest. I was like, wait, what? I had to reread that line a lot and I still don't really get it. How can I perceive an idea with my mind, but it didn't come from my mind? I don't know. Is there aliens out there? That'd be cool. Ghosts? One thing I was thinking about too, that that one of the hardest things to not take personally is being disrespected. And everybody has their own levels of, of what they will allow people to do to them. And certain things make people feel very disrespected. And that same thing could not make another person feel disrespected. But I think being disrespected is also not personal. But that's that's what hurts the most. When you feel like you are not respecting me. You know what? It's not that person's job to respect you. And they don't even know you. Even if you've lived with them for 25 years and you have like four kids. They don't really know you. They know you. But you know you. You know what I mean? Being disrespectful. Being disrespected. Oh, that's. When I feel as though I've been disrespected. It's really hard for me to come down from that anger. I was, I was, I was looking up other articles because I was curious about other people's. I was, I was curious about the psychology behind taking things personally, and fo- I found this article uh, on Forbes. Uh, I think it was called like "How to Not Take Things Personally," and it says, according to Psychology Today, when people make a judgment about you or critiques, they are rarely about you. In fact, it's almost always about them, their issues, their needs, and their desire to control you and or a situation writes Dr. Abigail Brenner, to help manage your response to confrontation, you uh, know what you're sensitive about and what triggers your emotions so you can prepare yourself if someone mentions them. That's a great tip. That's a great tip. But what what that article said about control, uh, in fact, it's almost always about them or their desire to control you. That, I think, is where me taking things personally come from. Because if I'm in control of everything, then I can only get mad at myself, right? And if I'm in control of everything, everything's going to go great, right? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Such an illusion. Control. Control really is an illusion. Unless you're, like, pedaling on a bike, you are literally controlling the bike. But, you know, you know what I mean. It is a big problem when all the parts in your mind are speaking at the same time. Each one has different thoughts and feelings and points of view. No shit, Miguel. Only by making an inventory of our agreements. Oh, this is good advice. Making an inventory of our agreements, meaning all the little things along the road, along your little road, along your little journey that you have made an agreement about that causes you to be offended by shit or or take things personally. Make a list of all of the inventory of your agreements and that will uncover all the conflicts in your mind 
and eventually make order out of the chaos. Great advice. By taking things personally, you set yourself up to suffer for nothing. So true. If you have the need to be abused, you will find it easy to be abused by others. Damn it. Likewise, if you're with people, this is interesting, if you're with people who need to suffer, something in you makes you abuse them. And that, that made me go, huh. It is as if they have a note on their back that says, please kick me. They are asking for justification for their suffering. Their addiction to suffering is nothing but an agreement that is reinforced every day. And it made me go, Christina, have you ever, have you ever given in to someone's need to be abused and you be abused them? I must have. I must have. But if I did, it's because it felt like they needed to be abused. So I was really helping them. See, there we go. That, that was an interesting comment, concept. Something in them or something in you will make you abuse another person who needs to be abused. So interesting. Do not expect people to tell you the truth because they also lie to themselves. You have to trust yourself and choose what to believe or what not to believe that someone says. Someone says something to you, you can either go, there's truth in this or there's no truth in this. Or sometimes there's some truth in it. When people, when we, when we people as they, when we what? When we see people, when we see people as they are and not take anything personally, we can never be hurt by what they say or do. Oh, can you imagine? Even if others lie to you, it's okay. They're lying to you because they are afraid you will discover that they are not perfect. No shit. If someone is not treating you with love or respect, it is a gift if they walk away from you. If that person doesn't walk away, you will surely endure many years of suffering. Woo! And that's why some people like walking away from a like a romantic relationship that doesn't serve you, if you're not being treated the way you would like to be treated, walking away from that feels terrible if you're someone like me because you feel like you're giving up on yourself or the other person or whatever the fuck agreements that you made with yourself. But then just wait a second for the terribleness to subside and you'll actually understand that that is the biggest act of self-love is to walk away and go and, and you don't have to be I'm very black or white thinking which is the child brain the trauma brain according to my therapist and I'm like somebody's either good or they're bad there's no in between but that's not so so if someone treats me in a way that I don't want to be treated then they're bad and I have to make them good in my head because I don't want to sit with the fact that they're bad but also, I also don't have to throw a shit fit that this person is not treating me the way I want to be treated. How the fuck should they know how I want to be treated unless I articulate it in a calm and healthy manner? But if they're not capable of treating me the way I want to be treated, it's okay. It's not personal. Get out of the situation and say, hey, it's been real. Peace. Follow you on Instagram, whatever. Walking away from somebody who doesn't treat you right is a great brave act of self-love but one thing that i had to realize is you don't also have to demonize a person for not treating you the way you want to be treated i mean come on if you can make the second agreement a habit you'll find that nothing can put you back into hell Ooh, sign me up there's a certain amount of freedom that comes when you don't take things personally the world can gossip about you and if you don't take it personally you're immune when you don't take the emotional poison, it becomes even worse for the sender. So let that give you some solace. <laughs> Write this agreement on paper and put it on your refrigerator. If you ever walked into my apartment, which you probably never will, you would see various colored sticky notes all around my place and they all say, don't take anything personally. 
I've so I've sticky notes on every mirror that says don't take everything personally. And then when I have friends come over, when I had friends come over, I would have to like take the sticky notes down because I felt like I, they were gonna judge me for like writing notes to myself, even though like that's on me. Who fucking cares? You are never responsible for the actions of others. When you truly understand this, you can hardly be hurt by the careless comments or actions of other people. If you keep this agreement, you can travel around the world with your heart completely open and no one can hurt you. That's all I've ever wanted. You can say, I love you without fear or being, of being ridiculed or rejected. Can you imagine a world? Can you imagine even if, if you told someone you loved them and you didn't give a shit what they thought or said back? But if you say, if you love them, say it. Even if they're like, the fuck's their problem? That's on them. Oh, sorry you love. Love is never bad. Well, no, love is never bad. When it feels bad, it's probably not love. <laughs> Wish someone would have told me that earlier. But you could, this is a, that's such a beautiful sentiment. You could say, I love you without fear of being ridiculed or rejected. Oh, man, I want to get there one day. You can add, ow, Kevin. Kevin just bit me. Sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to raise my voice. I'm sorry, honey. That just, that really hurt because you got needle teeth, okay? Maybe don't like bite the fat on my side because that's very sensitive to your needle teeth. That's where he loves to bite. If you keep this agreement, you could travel around the world with your heart completely open and can, and no one can hurt you. You could say, I love you without fear of being ridiculed or rejected. You can ask for what you need. You can say yes, or you can say no. Whatever you choose without guilt or self-judgment. Oh. You can choose to follow your heart always and then be in the middle of hell and still experience inner peace and happiness. Mm, beautiful. I'm going to end it there, guys. I'm going to end it on that note. Nice, beautiful, positive note. Please be well. Please stay inside as often as you can. Please don't kill yourself. Next week, we get into the third agreement. Don't make assumptions. All right. I love you. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Something I think you'll understand when I say that something I wanna hold your hand, I wanna hold your hand, I wanna hold your hand. Oh, please say to me, now let me be your man, and please say to me. Feel happy